0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, welcome to the second Spurs show this week. Uh, you've probably heard all their dulcet tones before, but joining me tonight. Is the uh, ex-commercial manager at Tottenham Hotspur, Mr. Mike Rollo. Hi. Uh, And also the author of the book we're about to talk about, Mike Donovan's here. Hello, hello, Mike, And nice to see you again. And obviously the journalist is here and writer, author, Martin Lipton. Good evening. (laughs) Good evening. It's like uh, question time. (laughs) Right. um, Well, you might have heard the last week, the last show, um, we barely scratched the surface with Mike Rollo. There's some wonderful stories about... Behind the scenes at Tottenham um, Before we talk about um, the, the book, very, very quickly Obviously this weekend we've got Watford coming up Huge game um, where, where do we all kind of sit with Obviously we've had to, like, Thankfully we've had a week off <laughs> uh, but Last week was hell on social media And you know, poch has got to go These got to go, this player's got to go Potch has had A, a couple of weeks now to sort of mull this over We know it's a very emotional guy do you see, Martin, wholesale changes coming up in this game and other games, or do you think he, he's just got to stick with what he's got at the moment?
2: I think we're going to see the beginning of Parch 2.0, actually. Mm. Um, I thought it was really interesting, the minutes of the meeting for the supporters' trust that were published earlier this week, yeah. uh, in which it's clear that Daniel Levy has accepted a fair share of responsibility for the destabilisation that um, has mm. taken place. Yeah. rather than, as Manchester United did this time last year, deciding to back the players against the manager, Spurs appears to be backing the manager rather than those players who don't want to be there. And for whatever reason, I don't think there's any criticism of it, it's an acceptance that everything has its time and its place and that some of those players need to be moved on and they'll be moved on either in January or in June and that this is the opportunity to for the manager to pick his players. And I think we'll see... If they both fit Sanchez and potentially fourth at centre-half, I think we'll see... Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised if we see Eriksson. Um, I'd be surprised if we see Aurier. And I wouldn't be shocked if we don't see Danny Rose. I think it's going to be the beginning of a new-look Tottenham. There may be short-term pain. I don't think we well, can... Well, it's ex- not as a result of business. So I, I agree that's all sort of great and understandable in, in
1: principle. But what happens if we lose, start losing what, a couple yeah, of games? Yeah, but we're
2: losing games anyhow. And I think... Yeah. I mean, what I thought watching... Uh, watching the Bayern game in the stadium, watching the Brighton game on the on the TV, it was awful to see Alderweireld and Vertonghen suddenly turn old mm. in front of your eyes. And they've been such fantastic players. And I, yeah. you know, and I I was very much of the of the camp that says whatever you do, keep those two because they're the yeah. best centre halves we've got. And they don't look that suddenly. They look mm. really. They look as if they've aged, like they've just. Turn you know, just gone over the hill. It's Other teams probably.
1: are looking. This is how you do it. Them. You get behind them. You make them yeah. turn. And the way back, you, could, you know,
2: pace. look, Serge Gnabry is a decent player, but he's not. He shouldn't score four goals against Spurs. Yeah. You mm. know, Connolly a young player. He shouldn't cause the problems he did against Spurs. Mm. Okay. You know, and I thought the the Brighton game was worse than the Bayern game because mm. at least for half an hour against Brighton against Bayern, they played really well. The best yes. they played all season. Yes. In fact, the best they played for quite some time, mm. and then they gave poor goals away and lost. And every shot that, that Byron hit went in in the second half. Mm. That happens. Brighton was a shambles from first mm. kick to last. Yeah. Total and utter shambles, a mess. There was no intensity. There was no thought. There was no sense of, of commitment within the players. Even players who you know care deeply didn't look as though they were that fussed by the moment. It was just awful. And something's got to give. And if the manager isn't going to give, And we now know from what the chairman has said that that's the view of the club, that they're going to back the manager. The players have got to give. Mm. And I think there's going to have to be some significant culling even now when you've got two and a half, three months before you can make changes.
3: Mm. I mean, there should have been some refresh. Yeah, they should have refreshed the side. I mean, it's obvious, you know, and that's where I guess where Levy was at fault. But he, he didn't. Didn't allow Potts to sign anybody. Well, he
1: wanted to do that. I mean, I it think he came out and well. said that, that was interesting think, that yeah. They tried, but we couldn't get, players, rid of they couldn't, couldn't get rid of them. Couldn't get rid of them. Teams didn't come in with them. The deal wasn't right. You know, whether they're haggling over fifty we quid. Just loves a deal, we just love to do, but I we think, don't we, know, I think we, know. we all
2: knew that was the issue. But yeah. normally you don't say it. Yeah. Normally you would let yeah. the manager take yeah. the response. And that, what I thought was really important this week, because Daniel Levy's come out and basically said. I couldn't do the deals I was hoping to do. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Which is really and he's taken it upon himself and he often gets accused of of not doing so. I think he's really taken the flak himself there mm. to try and say hang on, don't blame the manager if there's problems blame me. Mm. Now, that doesn't actually happen very often at a football club. Daniel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mike you've worked with Dan for many many years yeah. closely
1: obviously because what you've done well, how do you find him and does he really you know certain fans that leave you out brigade all the happy clappers all this stuff on social media you know at the end of the day you know oh, he has won enough trophies all that kind of stuff what is he like as a person to work with how much does he care
4: about this, oh, about listen, I, I, I've got nothing but admiration for Daniel. I mean, in, in my time at this club, 30-odd years, I have to say, and I, and I, I hand on heart, he is definitely the, uh, the best chairman who had the club at heart all the way through. He's a, he's, he looks at that himself as a custodian of mm. the club. And he looks very carefully at the uh, at the finances. Uh, you know, okay, you get uh, situations in football, don't you, over the past where players, managers or chairman, I should say, go off and spend lots of money with no regard to the bank balance and get themselves into trouble. One thing that Daniel is very astute at; he is a superb financial man, yeah. uh, and he, okay, to the frustration perhaps of supporters, but you know, he has got the club at heart very much so and he himself would be hurting 100% very much at the results. And, uh, and I'm sure uh, that, uh, as Martin has said, that um, uh, what he said in, in, in the other day at, at that meeting stands that you know, he has is, he is tried to explain his ba- the, the background, but I'm sure that, uh, given the chance, he would have tried to have brought players in. Mm. Um, he... I have to say, uh, is, a, is a, a, the right man for Tottenham, without a shadow of a doubt, at, at the top at this moment. Mm. Uh, and uh, I might say, Martin, you mentioned the players that, uh, that you are thinking that will come back in. What, what do you think the chance? I know they've had injuries and they're coming back. Would you say about Celso? Is it Los Celso? Los- Los- Celso's
2: fit, he'll play, but he hasn't kicked a ball, really. He's he 45 minutes. He it, literally hasn't kicked a ball. And also, look, I was watching Ndombele in both those mm. games and he sort of disappeared against mm. Brighton. It's difficult. And, and that's why I think there may have to be more pain. Not every game, please, because, frankly, that's not... It's difficult mm. at the moment. But I think we may have to go through another period of, of a difficult six weeks before we finally get... But mm. I think the fact that the players now know who's in charge... Yes. The yes. fact that they... Even the ones who are want away will have to re- reconcile themselves to the fact that if they want to play, they're going to have to knuckle under because mm. not, it's not going to be the manager who goes, it's going to be them.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that changes the dynamic within the dressing room as well. Yeah. And it may be that one or two who may not have been used, if, he, if the attitude is right in training, might be used. But I mean, I was hearing things about one of the defenders and his attitude from the moment he got back for pre season training, which was quite disconcerting when I was told it because I've always had a lot of time from him as a player. I don't want to name names, that'd be unfair. Mm. But there were significant issues which were identified. We know the manager wanted to get rid of some of them 15 months ago. Mm. That yeah. Leicester game at Wembley, that what was supposed to be the last game at Wembley, what he said was about, you know, I want people to trust me. He wasn't talking about, or to be brave, mm. he wasn't talking about being brave necessarily in the market. It was the fans to accept his view mm. on players that he wanted to get rid of, yeah. which included... Verel, Dembele mm. and Rose then, because mm. he felt eight, 15 months ago that he, they, they had nothing left to give. And the, the genius of Pochettino, what anybody else might say, is that he basically had a bit of a husk last season and he still squeezed even more out of it Incredible. to get to a Champions yeah. League final. Yes. And they were running on vapours at yeah, the end absolutely. of the season, yeah. but there was nothing left for some of those to give. Mm. Absolutely nothing left, mm. and we 're seeing that the ramifications yeah. of that this season mm. yeah we we'll 're fortunate in that we 've still got the best center forward in British football, mm. arguably the best in european football we 've still got um, sun son mm. who's mm. a fantastic player we 've still got talent I think lamella 's worked really hard this year, mm. I know he gets loads yeah. of stick. i think mm. he's worked really really yes. hard and uh, Dumbelly will be a player, no doubt about that. Watching Winks for England on Monday Winks night, dominating the game. I know he had loads of space, yeah. but he, he, was, yeah, he, he but gave it all see. the absolutely, the right yeah. way. Much better than, you know, he struggled against Bayern. He had a poor game. He'll come again. He's a good yeah, player. Absolutely. There's good football players in that team. Yeah. Um, transition. It? Yeah. Transition. And, t- and I don't think other thing is, we're actually quite fortunate. We could still end up finishing top four this year, despite not being as good yeah. as we were. Because they're not very good either. Outside to well, no, <laughs> I mean, to really, to... the top two, it's yeah. a pretty average
1: league. Absolutely. Well, look, no, we, we have to... We're, we're going to go back now, shut our memory lane, uh, talking about uh, this new book Alan after this very short break. Hi, it's Garth Crooks here. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at the Spurs Show Christmas Party on December the 2nd of the 100 Club, alongside my old striking partner, Steve Archibald. I suppose I'll be doing all the work again.
0: see crooks and archibald in their first central london appearance together since hanging up their spurs boots 35 years ago spurs show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net no one does christmas like the spurs show except perhaps bing crosby and jesus Get your tickets at live.spurshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net.
1: Back from the short break. Uh, just to remind uh, listeners, don't forget you can join us at all our monthly live events Go to season.spurshow.net, get your Spurs Show season ticket. October the 29th, coming up, David to sell, his new book on Jimmy Grease. November the 6th, with the Beehive Pub in Tottenham with Graham Roberts. December the 2nd, Steve Archibald and Garth Crooks reunited back one more time. That's the 100 Club on Oxford Street. Uh, go to season.spurshow.net to get your season ticket to get, uh, get into all these events. Or if you just want to come to the Christmas show, go to live.spurshow.net. Mike, uh, you've obviously been on the show uh, last time with the wonderful book you worked on with Terry Dyson. Alan Gilzean, a man we were very, very lucky to have on this, this very show in 2013, uh, sadly passed away last year. Why, why now did you think, I've got to do this book?
3: Well, simply because he wasn't around anymore yeah. and uh, I thought his story deserved to be told. I mean, there was a book out about ten years ago In Search, uh, In yeah. Search of Alan Gilzean and it was, a, to my mind, it was a good book. Mm. He, he took against it mm. for whatever reason. and uh, But then, since then, of course, there's been this where is Gilly, mm. you know, it was this where is Gilly thing, you know, like, where is Wally? And, uh, and it's been going on and on and... Uh, and I thought it was
1: a good opportunity to uncover all of that. You know? But you've got great access. I mean, you've got the blessing of the family. Yeah. Ian yeah. Gilzean, his son, who obviously played for Spurs, sure. has written a forward. And just give listeners some of the people you interviewed, because you've interviewed some extraordinary people for this book.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of access, and a lot of it was because of Ian, um, particularly in, uh, yeah. at the Dundee end. But uh, uh, he and, and uh, John Fenley at Spurs, who was very helpful yeah and um i kind of fortunately you know I, I basically because of ian's word people talk to me you know right. i mean phil bill i spoke to mm-hmm. and uh, martin chivers was a bit reluctant to start with but then then i phoned phil bill and said look tell martin mm-hmm. you know ian's okay Ian girls okay with it and mm-hmm. and 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 that's why i got so much access i mean i met I met a guy, fortunately, in Scotland who, who knew Dennis Law, you know. Right, well, Dennis is which tremendous for this book. <laughs> it's know, a great stories he's come it, out with. Yeah, book, which is Law. a great, you know, a great bonus. I mm. wanted a summing on his international career Absolutely. as well as his
1: clubs. And what um, I love about it, you really go into detail about games, not just for Tottenham and, obviously, Dunty, whatever, but the international... I, mean, I didn't know about the Scotland games and yeah. this mm. goal and that goal. I mean, that's what I love about this book, the real great detail on it. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, he,
3: I mean, the biggest international game he played in, I think, was in sixty four when uh, he scored the winning goal against England at Hampden in front of one hundred thirty three thousand, yeah. um, yeah. and he was only well, he was, it was his second cap, I think, yeah, I and think so. he, you know, and and uh, I've got a quote from Craig Brown who said, you know, that made him an instant instant hero. I can't yeah. he, he should should have got him a knighthood or something, yeah. and uh, and of course that that kind of recognition sort of wakes up clubs in England. Uh, a little bit. Um, Arsenal had a look at him, a couple of looks mm. at him. Decided he wasn't for them. Mm. Sunderland,
1: uh, were another team that wanted him.
3: Yeah, they? Sunderland. When it came, well, when it came, when he 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 actually agitated for the move in the end because mm. he could see the side, the Dundee side breaking up. Mm. So he he agitated for a move, and uh, and he he had to go on strike. He had to go at a it like a one man strike because if he finished his contract in back in those days, you know the club held your registration. You couldn't really. Uh,
1: move on you could move on without the club's permission and uh so, so another link to dimitar Berbatov. i always thought he played style star, star wise like yeah, uh, yeah that's for the sort of people who never yeah. saw gilzine yeah okay. what was he like he yeah, yeah. Uh, was it? who said he's like a new evon oh what, that was norman giller journalist. yeah
3: well you know i saw i saw gilzine live you know yeah. well, judging from my you know been following Spurs since 61. But I mean, I saw him right the way through mm. his, his, his whole time at Spurs. And uh, he was just like, he was the template for a Spurs player. You know, we yeah. talk about Spurs uh, pride themselves on, on producing teams that win gloriously, mm. like uh, Danny Blanchelow always said. Yeah. And, and he epitomised that class. I mean, he was a contrast to Bobby Smith, his predecessor. Bobby was known more for his kind of physical approach. Alan was kind of very subtle, very nuanced game, you know, with his head and with his foot, and 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 of course his his link up with Jimmy Greaves was stuff of legend.
1: Greaves, and then obviously Chivers as well. That's the great thing about yeah. it. It wasn't one partnership; it was two it was great two. partnerships.
3: That's right. That's yeah. right. But uh, you know, it's, uh, for me growing up. I think, like Mike said, that Jimmy Greaves was everybody's favourite player, mm. and when you had a player, when you had a player who, who complimented him so well. It was absolute heaven watching it. They didn't win much, Mm. but in terms of trophies, but
1: what entertainment! Is is the book now out? Where can people go and get it? Well, the book's
3: out. It's due out on the 17th, uh, which is oh, two days, oh, yeah. it's a couple of days time. Seven, okay. Of 17th of October. Time. Yeah. It's due, due out. Yeah. And where, where's the
1: best place for people to buy it? Are you doing any signings anywhere? Or? Uh,
3: well, I wish I could tell you stuff, but right. I haven't had anything. From, I think the, the, uh, the ship, I've had some shipping problems. I think right. something, it's too, something to do with Brexit. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, sorry to mention that. But, uh, and uh, it's kind of, you know, they're waiting on that. I mean, I've, I've already got people, I mean, somebody like Steve Perryman, who I spoke to, mm-hmm. and was absolutely... I mean, this is the thing about Alan Gilzean. You know, people think, well, you write a book, you, you dish the dirt, you know, he's a drinker, he's a womaniser, is this kind of... The, you know, I don't know about you, but when I'm writing about my heroes, and it's, as a journalist, I shouldn't really say this, but I don't want him to have any skeletons in the cupboard. I want him to be as I thought he was. Mm-hmm. And... And I didn't need to worry because every person without... Oh. Every person I spoke... I had 50 interviews at least oh. and they all waxed lyrical about him. He was very unassuming, very reserved, never got above himself, you know. If he was in company and they didn't know him, he wasn't told, you know who I am. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. kind of... He would talk about them. I mean, mm. his his friend who I spoke to, Bob Hind, who is one of his closest friends, he's, He he just... He wouldn't he was talking to his son and he was talking about his son, oh, how's your work going, son? And and this guy's going, and this son's going, oh, you know, this is Alan Gilzean here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, that's what, that's what came across more than anything. I mean, he's an icon at two clubs. I mean, that's some going, you know, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and going up to Scotland, I know we're talking about Spurs, but going up to Scotland, I just realised how revered he is up there. Mm. Um, astonishingly yes. so you know um so it's
1: it was an absolute privilege to do it where where, where can people get the book then if you said this <laughs> sorry can you get it on amazon or yeah,
3: amazon waterstones WH <laughs> smith i believe right. um you know
1: it's, it's all it's all out there um it, it, do, do, i mean really, really you know, i've read it. it it's a wonderful book even if you're of an age uh, that you don't remember gilzine playing it's still the tottenham way it's the stories about that whole post-double team going in to the early 70s team that won the UEFA Cup, the League Cup twice. Really lovely stories, great pictures. It's it, it, it absolutely worth doing. That's The King of White Hart Lane, the authorised biography of Alan Gilzean by Mike Donovan. Available uh, Amazon, Waterstones, Pitch Publishing. we will go to Pitch Publishing as well. I'm sure they have a list of everywhere you can get it. Uh, available from October the 17th. Right, quick prediction. Quick prediction for uh, the weekend's game. Martin, Watford at home, bottom of the league. What could
2: possibly go wrong? (laughs) You know what could go wrong. Look, if they play like they did against Palace for 45 minutes, or or against Bayern for 35 minutes, they will win the game. Mm. If they play like they did against Brighton, they'll lose the game. Common
1: Suns playing for South Korea against North Korea. He's, he'll be on the way back. He'll I be on mean, the way back. There's a few tired be, players,
2: I think. There's he'll a lot of trap. I thought it was interesting watching Kane's desperation to, to score. To score. Yes. Having no, played really well yeah, yesterday. He was You're not right. going to go Correct. off that pitch no. until he, he scored. Was because he was right. so determined. And I thought he actually handed himself and the team brilliantly on Monday night. That was incredible. In those circumstances... You forget he's still a young man. He's 25, yeah. 26, and he yes. shows incredible maturity when other players may have struggled to cope with it. And that yes. shows that... He just keeps going, doesn't he? But it's, a, it's the yeah. mark of the man that he's got that in him. I thought he was mm. terrific. Yeah, mm. Spurs play play-off decently, they win. Watford are hopeless. But it's football. <laughs> and, you know, we've seen <laughs> Spurs sl- lose <laughs> to hopeless teams over yeah, the years.
4: Exactly.
2: I? I you know, I remember I was... I think every time I come on this show, they're about to play Watford or Newcastle, one of the two and it's always a bit twitchy. I think they'll just about have enough to get over the over the line i I really hope so, and then that would that gives them a chance to, to take off because you've got Tuesday night against Red Star which is again a must win game yes, yes win those now. two
1: and then we've got some tough games coming everything up. changes some going into Liverpool games but it's up. about
2: Liverpool. winning have got to start winning some games yeah so you think a narrow win I'll take a 2-1 squeak out win a like last one. year Mike
1: score prediction <laughs>
2: <laughs> well
3: I mean on paper I would say Spurs could could get a decent result, but but the way things are going, you just never know. I'd say, yeah, I, I sort of agree with Martin, really. They're probably 1 0 or something. They'll just squeak it, you know. One nil. Like,
4: Mike, what do you reckon? Well, of course. I mean, I, I, what am I going to say? Of course, I want to win. I don't care if it goes off of uh, Harry Kane's backside yes. or, you know, to make it 1 0. No, I think that the time has come now for them to show up. Mm. And I think that from what Martin said there, yeah, there's likely to be changes, but I'm sure that uh, come the game, they'll be up for it and it'll be a Spurs win. Give us a score, so we can, then we can, oh, look, gosh. we can listen
1: back and go, He was spot on. Yeah,
4: okay. Well, I, I, I listen, I, I'm gonna be the more optimistic. I mean, people who know me know that I'm ever so, so I would go in for like the three, three, one, yeah. maybe even a, a, you know, a three or four, one. I, I think, think three, one, yeah. we'll certainly concede that's for sure. <laughs> Not
1: but a three, one. Clean sheet right? Exactly, <laughs>
4: right, gentlemen, thank you so
1: much for joining us uh, for these two wonderful shows. Uh, I'm sure hopefully you'll come back uh, very, very soon. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with special guests Raymond Simonson, Hannah Barlow, and Sean Cook. Uh, Until then, come on, you Spurs.
0: (laughs) Come and see Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs Show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs Show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. Get your tickets at live.spursshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs Shows at season.spursshow.net.
1: This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.